Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money, all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify, and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since we discovered Spotify for Podcasters, we have added question box to hear our community's thoughts on our episodes, polls to ask questions on what they think, and so much more. We highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Estás escuchando So Violento, So Macabro Podcast. Yo soy Ali. Y yo soy Dee. Hoy los llevaremos a Toluca, México. Are you ready, Dee? I'm ready. Let's begin. Un mega automático se define como una obsesión sobre tus poderes. El día de hoy hablaremos sobre la obsesión por la atención, el rechazo y la trágica muerte de cuatro mujeres. Este es el caso de El monstruo de Toluca. Advertencia. La información de este caso puede ser desencadenante para algunos. Tengan en cuenta que algunos de estos casos pueden involucrar menores de edad, abuso, violación o violencia. Escuchen con precaución. Warning. The information on this case can be triggering to some. Please be advised that some of these cases may involve children, abuse, rape, and violence. Listen with caution. Oscar García Guzmán nació en el 1990. No sabemos la fecha exacta, pero muchos que lo conocen dicen que um, Oscar y su mamá fueron abusados por su papá. Um, más bien no like sexually or anything, but more like verbally and like physically. He, he also mentioned that his mom was very submissive and um, would let this treatment go on. They also say that um, she was very abusive to him sometimes, which brought up this anger towards um, women. Um, también declara que tenía un fanatismo sobre los asesinos seriales, especialmente por los famosos que conocemos como Ted Bundy, um, Gacy, Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, so he was really obsessed with those growing up. Pero la diferencia de este asesino es de que él tenía un cariño enorme por los animales. So he... Mm, very different. Yeah, so he huh. did not, like, did not murder any animals, did no sacrifices, didn't, like, abuse them or anything. He was actually, like, in love with animals. He says that um, animals are actually the best part of the world, that humans are, like, a waste but animals are like sacred and we should protect the animals, which is very interesting for like a serial killer. Yeah, because for a person, because you know the three, the three, um, what's it called? The three behaviors yeah. that I, they identify in serial killers is a person who kills animals, a person who uh, pees on the bed, who wets the bed, and the third one is starts, likes fire. To start yeah, fire. Those yeah, three. that he he Yeah. Um. Also, I think it's most of the serial killers also have like trauma to the head. 
the trauma too that's a big one yeah 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 and they're they're abused as children most of them or yeah. they had a very traumatic upbringing yeah that, that mm-hmm. i know of yeah which causes the peeing in the bed and abuse and stuff like that but um so you know he has a few characteristics towards that um but that's his main point that he loves animals that's like okay. the biggest like inconsistencies with his persona <laughs> yeah so in back in 2018 um toluca was faced with one of its biggest case it started to hit toluca and the rest of the nation because it started around the same time that a lot of these feminicidas happened so it lays underneath all those categories of abuse towards women. Jessica Guadalupe Jaramillo Orjula creció en, eh, en un ambiente amoroso, con mucho apoyo y sobre todo con una familia muy unida. En el 2018 obtuvo una relación breve con un muchacho llamado Oscar. El resultado de esta relación tuvo un hijo y durante el tiempo de este, de este caso, eh, su hijo tenía 10 meses de, de haber nacido. So he was still a baby. She ended up going to UNITEC, which is like the University of Toluca, where she studied psychology. And um, around this time, she was th- 23 years old. Durante este tiempo en la UNITEC, she started telling her parents that there was a classmate that was constantly um, harassing her and like stalking her and she just didn't feel comfortable it got to the point where she said i don't want to be at that school anymore wow like i need to be transferred because this person is just very too much yeah it's too much he's very obsessive over me and like i just don't want to be there anymore so during this whole time um her parents would drop her off and on at school so they would take her to school drop her off pick her up and you know take her home in one of those occasions el papá de Jessica vio que su hija estaba caminando en dirección a la, al, al, al coche y vio que había un muchacho detrás de ella all dressed in black with a hoodie just following her wherever she went he followed closely behind the dad ended up like making that contact with this person and this person just left kind of scary so that was like the first time that Jessica's father actually witnessed something weird was going on in the university. And that's when she, he started to believe his daughter that, you know, she needed to get out of there. El 24 de octubre, como eso de las 9 de la tarde, era el turno de la noche en la Universidad Unitec. Um, este era el turno el que iba Jessica. Entonces, she would go into the late cursos and then her father would go and pick her up during this time her and um her parents decided to go pick her up after her class supposedly it was like during the time that she was doing like finals basically so she just she was just going to be there for two hours and get out so you know they just decided to wait for her during this time she doesn't come out they're waiting they're waiting no sign of her they ended up getting a text message from her phone saying, Voy a una reunión. No se preocupen. Estoy con Oscar. Mind you, her baby daddy is named Oscar. Mm. So they found it weird because Oscar, el papá de su hijo, no estaba involved in their in, no in, in, his, yeah, in, his, in his relationship or anything. Okay. So... He wasn't involved with the childbirth or like raising of the child or nothing. They, they he wasn't involved, so the parents found it odd. They're like, "Why would you talk to your ex if your ex isn't part of your your child's life or your life at this point? Like, why would you go out with him?" So then the father ends up calling Jessica, calling and calling, and she never answers the phone. So they're like, okay, fine. Let's just go home. She told us not to worry. We'll figure it out in the morning. We'll ask her questions in the morning. Sadly, the morning comes and Jessica didn't come home. 
en la madrugada del 25 de octubre su familia fue a la um, fiscalía para para poner una um, like an alert for her disappearance y como sabemos la policía siempre tiene una excusa por no hacer una un reporte en yeah. ese instante yeah so like always the police told the family you know what she's probably out with her friends you have to come back in 24 hours and as we know the 24 hours is very crucial so what did the family do they came back exactly 24 hours after they last received the text message which is 26 of october at 1 a.m they literally went to the police station at 1 a.m to report her missing so again the police said you know what you can't you like she's probably out with friends there's no reason for you to worry about this so the family went back home eh, buscaron su teléfono y empezaron a hacer like tracing it So they started like looking to towards where the phone was located at or where her, her phone was last located at. So the parents decide to drive from their home in Toluca to another part of uh, the city close to the university to this little town where the phone was at. They knocked on the door. Jessica, abre la puerta, estás allí. Nobody answered. Jessica, abre la puerta. Estás allí. No answer. So the family decided to camp out and wait to see if anybody came out of that house. I know, tragic. Ay, pobre familia. Just imagining. Yeah. Jesus. Um, los padres um, tenían sospecha de que el acosador era el principal de... de del, de lo que estaba pasando con Jessica cuando se enteraron por los vecinos de que el muchacho que vivía allí se llamaba Oscar García Guzmán so remember that she texted her parents no se preocupen estoy con Oscar, con Oscar. it wasn't the ex it wasn't the ex yeah. it was actually Oscar García Guzmán that lived in that same house which it's it's a bit like It's, it's a weird coincidence, to say the least. It is. Por los cuatro días, la familia se campó afuera de la casa de Oscar, esperando que abra la puerta, que les diga dónde está Jessica, anything. They were waiting for any sign of their daughter. A day later after that, they go to the police and they say, Hey, we traced her phone. It's in the house. Can we have somebody get like una... Que llegaran así los policías. Uh, es una corte, like una, 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 like a warrant. Mm -hmm. It's like a warrant to go into the house to look for here. her. Four days after? Um, It was around like four days after the... The first. The first day. Four. Yeah. Then the police said, we can't do that. There's no way. There's no evidence that he did anything. You can't do that. During that same day, they finally get an answer. Oscar comes out and starts being very vulgar to them and says, I don't know Jessica. Jessica doesn't live here. Don't bother me. Basically, les, tabra, like, les gritaba, les decía majaderías, y decía que ya, él no conocía ninguna Jessica y que se fueran de su casa. But... They didn't listen. Like a family that they are, they decided to stay there and kept requesting uh, a warrant to go into that house because they knew their daughter was in that house. The next day, they're searching around the house. They're just, you know, spying inside the house to see if they see her. And through a small little window, they see her. The only thing is, That the parent says that, yeah, that she looks conscious, pero que se miraba así como rara y un poco ida. Almost as if she was drugged up. Then the next day, they go to the police station and they're like, 
hey, we see our daughter. Our daughter's in there. You need to go into the house. Again, they said. No le creen. No. They said they can't do it. They can't do anything. Because they don't have any evidence that it's her. Pues como van a agarrar evidencia si no van. Exactly. I mean. I know. I know. It's frustrating. El 30 de octubre, Oscar sale de su casa vestido formalmente y fue a hablar a la fiscalía sobre Jessica. En este momento, Oscar, like, confesses de que sí conocía a Jessica, que ella sí fue a su casa de él, pero que ella salió del domicilio en un taxi to go home. He was saying that she's not there. That, yeah, she went to over to his house, but that she left right after. So now he's changing the story. Yeah. Las autoridades también uh, pensaron que era muy raro entonces, el primero de noviembre, el juez finalmente autoriza para registrar la vivienda y entra a la casa de Oscar. Cuando entran a la casa de Oscar, encuentran dos bolsas de basura y el cuerpo sin vida de Jessica. Las autoridades también encontraron una libreta donde Guzmán uh, revela que en el patio... Hay dos cuerpos enterrados. What? Mm -hmm. Two more bodies. Durante este tiempo, la Fiscalía General de la Justicia ofrece casi 6 millones de dólares por información que, fa uh, que faciliten la captura de Oscar. ¿6 millones de dólares? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's like equivalent to $16,000. During his um, time on the run, Oscar created a brand new Facebook. Like the total psychopath that he is, he decides to upload information onto this Facebook account, bragging about his crimes and making fun of the police because they did not do their investigation correctly. Glorifying himself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. He named this account Alexander Anderson, which completely shows his obsession with white serial killers, by the way, because he didn't choose to go by his name. He decided to go by, like, the whitest name ever. Sorry. <laughs> um, oh, his mind was just yeah messy. and Trust me, it only gets messier from here. On one of his Facebook posts, um, Guzman posted the missing person poster for each one of his victims. He glorified it, saying, as a caption, Para atrapar a un asesino en serie, debes de pensar como uno. Yeah, I know, I know. You should see my face. <laughs> During this time, the authorities were trying to find him. And they were trying to trace his IP address, but they didn't know how to do it. So they knew he was using some sort of online cafe or free website or like he was somewhere, but they could not find his IP address. So they couldn't identify him because he usually stayed online for like such a brief time that they could not trap him. During um, this time, un activista que se hace llamar Frida Guerrera y que ayuda a resolver casos de feminicidio se puso en, en línea para ofrecerse como like offering herself as bait basically this is where the term megalomático comes into place Frida ve como Guzmán empieza a hablar de sus casos y cómo es un asesino serial y cómo hace burla de la policía, de que cómo no lo pueden atrapar, sobre la recompensa, casi diciendo que pues, le vale. He doesn't he care. Yeah, he feels like yeah. the power of it. So, to define megalomático is to be obsessed with your own power. And the fact that the cops had many opportunities to arrest him feels like he is powerful. He is untouchable, especially because the cops can't find him. 
So Frida quickly jumps onto the case where she creates a fake post where she minimizes his persona. She literally starts making fun of him and telling him he is nobody to capture his attention. Yeah. I they, mean, that's a bold move. That's a bold to move. Just to just go out go there and be like, wow. you are no one. You are no one. And then to try to capture his attention. Wow. Like, ponte en esa situación. Vas con uh, one of the most famous serial killers in the U.S., and you tell him, you are no- nothing. You are no one. And putting yourself on the line like that, putting yourself as bait. That's scary. Completely terrifying. Holy shit. That's scary. It is. Just knowing like what they're capable of and then para enfrentarlos así. Uh-huh. You don't know. What if they find you? Yeah. And that's in, in una entrevista, ella habla sobre lo difícil que fue para ella para empezar a hablar con él. Wow. Que ella um, entró a esto como para ayudar a resolver el caso y atraparlo, pero que mucha gente la juzgaba porque decían, tú lo tienes como amigo en Facebook, tú estás hablando con un asesino serial, mm-hmm. tú eres una traidora, tú no eres para los feministas. When they didn't know what she was actually doing. Yeah, nobody knew. She yeah. had to keep everything to under keep lock. Yeah. But she was brutally criticized by so many people because she almost seemed like a traitor because she was, like, kind of befriending a a murderer and was completely going against everything she stood for as a social activist. So Only she knew why she was doing it. Yeah, she's the only one that knew about what she was actually doing and um, her own way of, like, trying to help these families out. Me imagino. Que agarró la atención de él. Sí. En este momento, él goes on a private message and sends her a message and says, ya agarraste mi mi atención. Like, very bold. Like, saying, like, okay, you grabbed my attention. Now let's talk. I know. (laughs) Yes. I know. I know. I know. It's scary. So... During this time, they began to talk through private messages on Facebook, sending um, each other messages every day to the point they start moving away from Facebook chat, going straight to Gmail, and start sending each other emails. During this whole time, Frida was talking to, um, to Oscar for at least two weeks, up to the point of his arrest. She literally talked to him right before he got arrested. And the police was only focused on trying to get his IP address while this man was having a full-blown conversation and confessing his crimes to this woman that put herself in the line. While the, well, like always, the cops don't do as much as they should be doing. Ellos empezaron a hablar sobre sus crímenes, su manera de que creció, his hobbies, his obsession over serial killers, um, his love for his animals, and so many more. Um, Guzman uh, becomes more and more comfortable with her to the point that he starts um, talking about the murders in detail. During this time, Frida says that she eventually develops really bad anxiety and panic attacks um, when he starts depicting each and every single murder well, yeah, and the, the way that he did it. the details and... Yeah. Oh, he explained, like, how he trapped them, what he did to them, like, how he seduced them, what, like, oh, every single detail. fell for her trap. Yeah. And he was glorifying his own power. So he was, like, explaining every single detail that, um, that he did to these women. Él, ella dice... Él las casaba, seleccionaba a estas chicas y las casaba. A mí me parece que también tenía alucinaciones con ellas. And this is an, an actual quote by Frida to, in one of her interviews. So he just didn't like choose a random victim. Like he was obsessed with each one of these girls to the point that he was fantasizing 
that he was in a relationship with these women. So it was it went far from like a vic uh, like having somebody and murdering them. It became that I'm in a relationship with you. We we are together. You are my girlfriend. And this this will make sense later. He used this um, tactic where he would use his skills as a this is gonna be hard to like to pronounce, but he um, practiced Krav Maga. Do you know what it is? No, I don't. It's a Israelian um, like like um, Taekwondo kind of thing hmm. that uses only your hands and your body as like tools to defend you from one person or like multiple people. And it was invented in uh, World War II um, to defeat you know the enemy or whatever. So he was obsessed with that. He was obsessed with that specific type of um, martial arts. And he became an instructor of it. He would um, show off his certificates to Frida, saying like how much experience he had um, doing those martial arts. Um, and he said that he used a lot of those techniques that he learned from Krav Maga to um, sum like submit and to um, strike and murder his victims. Um, and he said that it made it much easier for him to like murder them. Then he started to confess that he ended up murdering his biological father at the age of 16. Wow. Yeah. Durante sus confesiones, uh, Oscar empieza a confesar que su novia que tenía en la preparatoria, que en verdad no sabemos si es su novia, um, que en uno de sus actos de furia la siguió, la, la siguió a su casa, la quiso... Um, atrapar y llevársela a su casa de él. En uno de esos momentos le puso el cuchillo en el pescuezo tratando de decirle vente conmigo y ella en uno de esos momentos se zafa y corre a su casa. Él la sigue a ver dónde vive y luego al próximo, unos días después de eso él entra a su casa de ella she, he breaks into the, uh, y le empieza a esperar a que regrese a su casa ella, de, de lo que haya hecho de la escuela o lo que sea. So, empieza a esperar por ella, piensa que nadie está en la casa, y como a la hora, hora, hora y media, sale el papá de Mónica, llamado Tomás. En ese momento, Oscar se sorprende. No sabe qué hacer, y le empieza a hacer, like, some, some of his moves, his, like, a... Uh, Krav Maga moves y lo tira al piso. En una de esas, él, he's unconscious already by this time. Oscar agarra un cuchillo y empieza uh, to stab him. And there's blood everywhere. Lo más sorprendente de este, de este asesinamiento es de que Oscar se sienta en la, en la, en la mesa y empieza a comer. What? Yeah. Like nothing had happened. Like nothing oh, happened. Oh my he God. starts like eating breakfast. Like almost like if there's not a dead body right next to him. El cuerpo ahí del señor Tomás no. y él comiendo. Yeah. En unos de esos, esos momentos, Mónica llega a la casa. Ve que su papá está muerto en el piso. Se sorprende. Y quiere gritar. Empieza a correr. Y Oscar la agarra. La... He does another Krav Maga move and completely knocks her out. In one of these moments, he ends up taking her away from the house. Y se la lleva a su casa. La tiene allí por casi dos semanas. La tortura, la abusa sexualmente de ella. Y dos días antes de que cumpliera años, la mata. I know, completely tragic. During this time, no sabe qué hacer con el cuerpo, va a la casa, agarra al papá de, de Mónica, Tomás, los envuelve en una caja, sorry, los envuelve en una caja y los tira. He throws them in a ditch. Almost like they're nothing. By the way, their bodies were never found. Wow. 
después de hablar con Frida, empezó a confesar de que mató a su cuarta víctima. Él empieza a decir que él iba a la universidad con esta persona y estaban estudiando psicología. So yes, he was at Unitec. He was taking um, psych uh, psychology courses and that's how he met most of these women. It's usually where he met most of the, like, the girls that he was interested in when he was like, in school. Her name was Adriana Gonzalez Hernandez. Desapareció el 24 de marzo del 2017. Solo tenía 26 años. Él empieza a decir que días antes de su desaparición, que ella lo introdujo como su novio. So, you know, out of nowhere, she says, he's my boyfriend. Okay. This We don't know this is true. <laughs> this is his side of the story. Yeah, this is only his side of the story. Yeah. Él, he kidnaps her and keeps her alive for almost an entire year. Wow. He he rapes her, abuses her for a whole entire year. Poor girl. He ends up brutally murdering her on February 2018. So he doesn't know the exact date, but he knows that it happened in mm -hmm. February. His fifth and almost last victim se, llama, se llamaba Marta Patricia Nava Sotela. Or actually, Sotelo. She was studying criminology and disappeared on February 9th, 2019. Marta was actually a girl that lived in his neighborhood. So this time, it wasn't somebody from school, but somebody that lived around the colonia. And she told many of her neighbors that there was this weird man following her in a truck, and she just felt very unsafe. So, in one of those occasions that Marta was walking home, he goes, kidnaps her, takes her home. She is murdered that same month. So we don't know exactly when she mur she gets murdered, but she gets murdered in that same month. And that's the two people that were buried behind his house. He doesn't know exactly when or how, but those were his last two victims before Jessica. Durante sus confesiones, Guzmán has these weird outbursts. Durante este tiempo, Oscar está en la fuga. Empiezan a hablarle a su mamá. Uh, empiezan a, a capturar evidencia de todos lados. Y en su casa tenía dos perros y un gato. Una gatita. La fiscalía se lleva a los animales. Y los, like, almost like a shelter. Or like, kind of like where they just held, like, the animal somewhere. Pero durante este tiempo... Oscar sabe que they took his animals away. And let me remind you, he's obsessed he with... He loves them. He, he loves his animals. He's, like, obsessed with his animals. So le pregunta a Frida, ¿Dónde están mis, mis mascotas? Y Frida le dice, Espérame, tengo que buscarlos, tengo que hablar con la fiscalía, pero yo te voy a encontrar tus mascotas. He really trusted her. He trusted her with a lot. So he confesses all of these things. He talks to him about her childhood, about his hobbies. Everything. About everything. Like, literally, this case is so, like, overwhelming that, like, most of the things that I talk about, like, I can't talk about it because this case is so long. There's so much. There's so much information about him. Pero durante ese tiempo, he has an outburst. Donde le dice, yo quiero fotos de mis mascotas. O si no... Va a haber otro um, murder of another girl. I need evidence of my pets. So Frida, to keep, like, you know, to keep the peace, va a la fiscalía y les dice, yo necesito fotos de estos animales, si no, él va a hacer otro crimen. Y yo lo último que quiero hacer es que tenga otra, uh, otro, otra, otro caso en su, you know, in his case. Wait, does she tell them what she's doing? Yes. So, so at this point, she went to the, the fiscalia, told them everything that she okay. was doing. Um, but she didn't tell the public this. Yeah. Because she yeah. didn't want to, you know, get her cover taken. En este momento, este, la fiscalia no, la deja, no, no, no lo dejan ver a, la, a, lo, a los mascotas. Y nomás le da fotos de the pets. He ends up sending, I mean, she ends up sending 
the pictures to him and he goes out and about like he goes he flips his lid empieza a decir que su gatita se ve como like like almost like if they did something to her like she looks scared like she looks frightened and he was not going to accept that he said you either treat my animals well or there's going to be another murder that if his pets are neglected that he's going to commit another murder of a girl that he is going to go on a date with later that night so he said that he met this girl on tinder and he was going to murder her if if he doesn't receive photos of them of the pets being treated well so that's how obsessed he was with his own pet there came a point where frida where frida said in an interview that that he wanted a photo of frida with the animals like she, he wanted like proof that she was with them and that if she did that that he would el se iba a renunciar y iba que que lo arrestaran like he was going to go get like arrested right exactly <laughs> and in an entrevista frida dice eso era arriesgándome mucho yo no iba a hacer eso y me la tenía que pensar mucho porque no sabía que si era algo en verdad o, o que oh, no yeah. iba que he wasn't going to commit yeah. yeah so in order for her she kept the peace and she mentioned this and said you know what I'll keep your cat safe. I'll take care of her. Don't do anything. Don't do anything stupid. Like, we need to keep the peace. And, like, I'll do anything you want. I'll take care of them. But don't do another, like, don't do another crime. Durante su conversación, Guzmán empezaba mandándole videos a Frida de diferentes maneras que mujeres han sido asesinadas en el pasado. Y le decía que estas son ejemplos de que, que quería hacerle a su próxima víctima. I know. She saw these videos. Yes. Poor Frida. She did. Yeah, yeah, I know. He also said de que si él la tuviera enfrente, que le haría lo mismo que le hizo a sus otras víctimas. So basically reenact all the things that he did to his previous victims. He was basically obsessed with telling his own story. And durante like his like sick and twisted conversations with uh, Frida, he told, he asked her, plain and simple, are you in love with me now? Kind of sick mind. <laughs> yeah. Does he have like... So this is where we, we, we oh come God. across where his uh, reality isn't there. Oh, no, it's way off. Where he starts fantasizing over the fact that he literally described a whole crime in details. And he expects to fall in love with him. And, yeah, expects for her to be somehow, like, in love with who he is as a person based on all these things that he basically told her. Frida explicó en una entrevista con la octava luna que la conversación con Guzmán fue muy detallada y compleja que a veces brincaba de una conversación a otra y que siempre era tratar de averiguar en qué tipo de conversación estaba. Porque en una conversación podía estar hablando tiernamente de los animales y en la otra podía hablar de su mamá o de otra puede decir que las mujeres eran perras. All over the place. Yeah, so his mind was scattered. So when she says that she had to like really like kind of categorize everything. Okay, she says it even to a point that que la humillaba. Que le decía, eres una perra, las mujeres son basura, no sirven para nada. Very degrading of women. And Frida explains that que ver el abuso que su papá de Guzmán tuvo contra su mamá le puso esa idea de, en la cabeza de que las mujeres no valían la pena. Y Lola ma abusó también a Yeah, so it, 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 it enraged him. En una de sus um, conversaciones dice que al punto que le decía, dile a mi mamá que me conteste el pinche teléfono. Le dije a esa perra que quiero que cuida a mis animales. Dile que conteste el pinche teléfono. So imagine, <laughs> you, you have this whole like image of like a bad image of, of women and like you know it's your mother yeah and you're talking to another woman telling her everything you did and then you still ask her 
Are you in love with me? Mm-hmm. Isn't it crazy? Dice también que Oscar eh, tenía complejo de creerse muy inteligente because he escaped escaped uh, the Not system. killers think they're smart. Yeah. So, but the, the difference with him is that he thought he was above and beyond all the serial killers in Mexico. Oh, he already had this yeah. mentality of himself. Yeah, so what Frida also mentions is that que the reason he went after these women was because these all these women he chose were very independent women that cared about her, their studies, that um, probably rejected him at some point. And it was like a woman that he could never have. And that's why he went after them. No, no, eso. Yeah. So that's why he created this illusion of them and fantasies about them being together. So if you think back to Jessica and the text message that she sent her parents, her parents, how she explains, don't worry, I'm with Oscar. And the parents are like, your ex-boyfriend? And then when they find out it's a different Oscar, that's when the parents are questioning, was it really Jessica that sent that text message? Mm. Yeah. Especially the way that he was fantasizing about every single woman that he murdered. You start to think, was he the one that was like trying to play it off that they were in a relationship together? Las quería controlar porque eran mujeres muy independientes. Y yeah. él, a lo mejor él, le gustaba, él no le gustaba eso. Yeah. Y quería tomar el control. Yeah. Because he, he, he was obsessed with the power. All right. So, Guzmán uh, fue arrestado el 6 de diciembre del 2019 en la Ciudad de México. Casi un mes de estar en la fuga de las autoridades. Durante su tiempo en la cárcel... Habló con su madre, explicando que no se arrepentía de nada. Like, he had no regrets over what no he did. Le confesó que de todas sus víctimas, del asesinamiento de, sus, de su padre, y también hasta se hizo la víctima. So, I'm going to play you a little clip of, uh, of his conversation. Okay. And um, I'll edit it in here so you guys can listen to it too. And um, we could talk about it. Este, ¿qué, onda? ¿Qué onda? ¿Cómo estás, hijo? Pues, no, yo no importo. Oye, mis mascotas. Ahí, ahí están. Ahí están, nomás que ahorita mañana voy a ir primero contigo porque creo que tienes audiencia, ¿no? Ay, no, yo ya... Mira, mis tres opciones son estas. Ajá. Escúchalas. Sí. Pero no, no sientas gacho. Ajá. Hay de tres sopas, o me matan, o me suicido, o muero aquí de viejo, pero es lo único que hay para mí, ¿va? Ay, hijo. Es, es lo que hay. Uh -huh. O sea, no, lo acepto, o sea, fue lo que le dije, fue fue lo que le dije al detective cuando me entregué, le dije, mira, yo nomás quería que mis mascotas estuviesen bien, si mis mascotas están chidas, de mí que sea lo que sea, pero... Tenía la duda de que fue de... Como ya no te he visto, no sé si te enseñaron la grabación y todo. O sea, todo lo que dije, pues sí es neta. O sea, no, ¿para, para Ay, qué te hijo. miento? O sea, ¿para qué te choreo? Uh -huh. O sea, si yo maté a papá, yo maté a la Ay, hermana de tu novio, pero... O sea, yo también entiendo si pues, pues no me quieren ver. No, o sea, sí lo entiendo. Digo, sí me le estoy pasando gacho, pero pues o sea, es lo que es. No, pues también soy un asesino, tampoco es como para que me la esté pasando chido, ¿no? Pero, o sea, si te llegas a enterar que ya me pasó todo tranquila, tú ni me entierres, ya que sea de mí no, lo, que, lo que sea, va. Pero ustedes, tú no, tú chida, tú. Ay, y aparte ya no quería que les... Ya ves que me, con, que me contaste es que los fueron a levantar de, para buscarme y todo. Uh -huh. este, pues yo, yo, no, yo no quería que tuvieran broncas por mí. Y menos tú, ¿no? Entonces, era, era eso, nomás quería saber que, 
pues si ya estás bien, si ya no los acosan, si ya no nada. No, ya nada, ya ahorita ya me dio todo el apoyo, tengo el apoyo de la PROCO, tengo el apoyo de la Fiscalía, no tengo, ahorita nada, ya nada más platiqué con la de los perros y ya nada más voy a ir a verlos para que, para ¿Quién, ya... ¿Quién es la de los perros? Pues ahorita, este, bueno, voy a ir a buscarla. ¿Mande? Mis perros, ¿quién los tiene? Ahorita me dijeron que tienen algodón hasta allá, no me acuerdo en qué, este, con ese, donde cuidan perros, pues. ¿Pero está lejos? No, no, no sé, porque voy a ir, voy, pero mañana voy contigo y el miércoles voy, ya todos también, ya me los enseñaron también los perros. ¿Te, ¿Te marcó la abogada que me tocó? No, mañana voy a ir a conocerlos, por eso quiero ir a mañana temprano, porque dice que a las diez y media va a ser tu audiencia, entonces quiero ir con ella para presentarme y para ver qué vamos a platicar, qué me va a decir, porque también para ver cómo van a hacer, quiero tramitar las no, visitas, para irte a ver eh, tus no, cosas, no, que te voy a decir. No, no, no quiero que me hagas así, no manches. Pero está, no estás golpeado nada. ¿Golpeado? No, y si me golpean, no te preocupes, no pasa nada. Si te llegan a decir que se suicidó en la celda, no pasa nada. Si te llegan a decir que lo descuartizaron, no pasa nada. Tú, no, hijo, tú no, no me digas eso, con no me tu digas. vida. Es, mira, es lo que puede pasar aquí. Es lo que me puede pasar aquí. Y lo acepto. ¿Estás en una celda? ¿Estás con todo o estás solo? Eh, ahorita por el proceso estoy solo, pero pues es tarde que temprano que me van a mandar donde están todos y ahí sí voy a saber lo que es bueno. Pero no importa, no, tú no te preocupes, tú sigue con tu vida, o sea, lo acepto, o sea, pues, o sea, pues, o sea tampoco, tampoco te voy a decir que me arrepiento, no, na, 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 nadie me va a quitar lo que hice ni a golpes, entonces, este, no, tú relaxes, ya, aliviana. <ríe> Sí, no, yo quiero verte mañana, de todos modos voy a ir a ver si puedo. Oye, te oh, tenía, no, una, te... tenía una duda, digo, no, no no sé cómo está aquí, pero no me podrías traer cosas de higiene personal. Ya, ya, si no te dejan pasarlas, pues ya. Sí, o... ¿cómo que te llevo? A ver, dime. Este, papel de baño, jabón, shampoo, cepillo, cepillo. de dientes, gel, que en las audiencias me veo de la porquería, cremas, ese tipo de cosas. Ah, todo, todo, si quieres lo compro mañana temprano y ya, ya te lo llevo. Ya, porque ya voy... si te dejan pasarlo, no, ya no sé, pero uh -huh. ropa, porque... ¿Ropa qué te llevo de ropa? No, pants azul, esto, chamarra azul que no tenga cuerdas. Y no sé si me puedes comprar unos tenis que no tengan agujeta. A ver, tenis. Tenis. Tenis sin agujeta, este, pants. Pan que no tenga este la agujeta Cuerda. arriba en la sudadera, ¿no? Voy, voy, voy. Este, chamarra sin, sin agujetas, playera, unos calzones. O sudaderas. Un par de todo, es lo único que necesito, no, mi existencia no necesita más, un par de todo. Oh, bueno, entonces... Este, Pero este, no, 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 no quiero que venga a verme seguido, o sea, ya... Mira, me la van a dejar caer bonita. Ahorita nada más me están este, sentenciando por lo de Jessica, tú. Ya me están investigando las cinco anteriores, entonces... No, eh, no. Ya, de aquí ya no salgo. En ataúd nada más. Entonces... Tú tranquilo, tengo... tú tranquilo. No, no, yo, yo estoy rela. Ya te dije que yo acepto lo que sea que me pase, ¿no? Este, pues bueno, este, na, eh, fue, fue, fue mi única llamada que tenía, ya la quemé, este, qué bueno que estás bien, y pues a ver si ya te puedo ver mañana, ¿no? Y ya... Sí, mañana primero, ya estoy llegando muy temprano, te digo, porque va a ser a las diez y media, este, investigué, me voy de aquí a las ocho, voy, voy a ir a ver, voy, voy a ir con mi abogado. Para bueno, checar todos los detalles y checar bueno, todo lo que tengo que hacer ahí para que yo esté pendiente, porque no sé nada, como nunca he pisado, pues, pues, quiero saber ya, ya cómo... Que, este, pues, te cuida... Esa, hijo, te quiero mucho, yo también te quiero mucho, mucho. Chale, hijo, a mí me hace, entonces me hace sentir más a todo el que me quieres. Yo siempre te he querido, hijo, y te voy a querer siempre, y lo he dicho, a mí me importa lo que haya pasado, yo siempre te voy a querer, es mi hijo, y te voy a querer siempre, siempre, escúchalo, siempre. Este, pues, sale, este... Pues te dejo, ¿va? Papacito, yo tomo mañana, a ti me da mi ya te caigo, ¿va? Te cuidas, bye. Sí, hola de papi, cuídate. That gave me goosebumps. Right? Just hearing his voice. Like putting a voice to the face, basically. Yes. Yeah. And just, it's the way he talks to his mom, how, obviously, how he was presenting himself con Frida. Yeah. Porque con Frida era bien, bien agresivo, very like, and like very scared, and, yeah. yeah. And with his mom, it's almost like it brought him to like a kid. It grounded him, yeah. yeah. Like he was really sweet to her. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, that gave me goosebumps oh, man. Pero igual este si reflejamos a lo que le estaba diciendo Frida, he like went berserk when like he didn't know anything about his animals. Yeah. And he wanted his mom to like answer her his phone call. That's all he cared about. Yeah. Yeah, he pues de la mamá que estuviera bien. Yeah. But you see the love for his animals. Porque por eso se entregó. Yeah, supuestamente no, well, supuest eh, la manera que lo arrestaron es de que he went to a public place and he decided to like go on and send Frida the last email and the cops finally found his IP address mm, and okay. they swarmed his where he was at and they arrested him got it pero wow. his plan was de que he wanted to see his pets or get a hold of them and run away or you know entregarse wow that recording man yeah let us know what you guys think Yeah, definitely. Please let us know what you guys think about that. Um, but one last thing that I found. Uh, Dr. Feggy Ostrowski. I, I really don't know how to pronounce it. Um, and I know I butchered it. But his, um, his findings is that he inclined towards animals because um, he had a very narcissistic, narcissistic um, persona. And... Guzman sees himself as the protector of these animals. So these animals are basically, he basically has power over them. So, you know, he probably doesn't have power over women or his mother or his father. Over humans or, in general. Yeah, humans in general. But the only power he has is towards these animals. Because pets depend on, on a owner. human. He also says that Um, the that taking care of his animals can fulfill the, the desire um, that he has over power without having to restrain anybody and subordinate anybody. He also says that he considered Guzman to be a psychopath and a narcissist who is eager for attention. Because also Frida said in one of her interviews, he is no one. If he didn't commit these murders, he would be no one. And he is no one. The only power he has is the attention he received. So. Y quería la atención. Porque yeah. para meterse a Facebook, hay Facebook. Yeah. Poner todo lo que puso y hablar con Frida de exponerse así él. Yeah. Qué bueno que lo hizo porque así pues. Fue capturado. That's how they got more proof. Yeah. But it also shows that. No matter how intelligent you think you are, you're still going to slip through the cracks. Yeah. And no matter how much attention you feel that you need or that you get, sometimes it's not the attention you deserve. So, este era el caso del monstruo de Toluca. Um, por favor, sigan la conversación en los comentarios. Um, Nos puedes uh, seguir in Twitter and Instagram and TikTok because we have a TikTok that I've yet to upload anything on. Um, We're getting there. You're getting there. Just give me some time. Uh, at arroba svsm underscore podcast or los puedes buscar en um, Facebook como Soy Violento, Soy Macabro podcast. And um, yeah, this was today's episode. Keep listening y ahí nos escuchamos la próxima semana. Yep, yeah, definitely. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye.